Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson, and Jamie Edmonds are up at 6 with JR Morning. Now it's First Thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Renee, remember when you were kids and people would call it Valentine's Day for some reason? Yeah, I just remember the awkward passing out those little paper cards to all your classmates. And there was that one boy or girl, and you're like, I hope he sees mine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) At least that was my world. You just kind of hastily filled out everything else in the 30-pack, but you saved that one special valentine for that one special person you picked the favorite yep Mm -hmm. for some reason one year i did michael jordan valentines which is weird because i i never really i hated the bulls and i didn't really like basketball but it would say (laughs) stuff like uh you're a slam dunk valentine (laughs) that's gold (laughs) yeah so uh yes it's valentine's day enjoy it it's kind of a bummer to have valentine's day in the middle of the week i know uh, do you celebrate last weekend do you celebrate this weekend it's always confusing and like you've mentioned in the past for a lot of people payday is until tomorrow (laughs) so this is rough so it's definitely going to be this upcoming weekend right (laughs) exactly uh enjoy the commute in today we're supposed to get hit with with some snow uh, one to three inches in some areas, three to five a little bit uh, further north. The last uh, the, the last forecast I saw was from last night, so things could change. But uh, last I saw that it was supposed to start before sunrise on Thursday. Oh, so goody. Hopefully things change between now and then. And uh, it, it, it hits right exactly when we're at work. So it'll make the commute in and back fun. Or, well, what I'm hoping is that it starts after we're at work. It gives the salt trucks and the the tote or the uh, plow trucks time to clear the streets before the afternoon rush. We'll see. It might just be a little sloppy because we are supposed to hit 40 tomorrow. So we'll see. Yeah. So that means I ain't shoveling it because it's going to melt on its own. But the good news is, uh, thanks spring, single game tickets for the Detroit Tigers April 5th home opener against the Oakland A's go on sale today. So that should warm your cold heart. Right. And uh, I'm going to predict there uh, that uh, it might it. Well, I'm I'm waffling when I think opening day. I don't think spring. I think of cold and snow flurries, and that's kind of the feeling I get for this year. Hopefully I'm wrong. I hope so. It's been very unpredictable, so we'll see. Yeah, I actually feel like, and and we should look into this, I actually feel like the weather is probably colder on opening day than for the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I'm sure you are accurate on that one. Maybe between now and then I'll do a little research. Um. No promises. All right. So, like I said, Valentine's Day on Wednesday is kind of a drag. I, I myself, I was probably going to do some door dashing, but I'm not sure. Now there's a groundswell of people calling for Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash drivers to boycott their app on Valentine's Day, protesting unfair pay. Um, there's a list of 10 cities where they want um, these gig workers to protest at the airport uh, i had that list renee i don't know if you have i it do uh it's austin chicago hartford miami newark orlando philadelphia pittsburgh providence and tampa yeah that providence and hartford uh doordash <laughs> uber lyft boycott's really gonna bring the company to their knees <laughs> right. so it looks like detroit looks like detroit's not on that list no no i don't know if Maybe if, if you're you picking really... someone up from those areas, it might be a, a, a different story from the airport or something. I don't know. Yeah, so if, 
If you have Valentine's plans, just uh, make arrangements to drive yourself, maybe. Um, if you're looking for uh, a last-second Valentine's Day date idea, may I suggest Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum. Uh, time may be limited. The Farmington Hill City Council, they voted to knock down mm. Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum in the shopping plaza. It's in at a meeting Monday night to make way for a new plaza with a Meyer. Um Mar yesterday, the popular arcade and collection of oddities said on Facebook that it was not closing. It'll be moving. Um, Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum was founded by Marvin Ugoda 40 years ago, and it's been at its current location um, at 14 and Orchard Lake for the past 24. Um, it'll remain there till the end of the year. So you got a little bit of time. And uh, Jeremy, Marvin's son, he runs it now. He said he would be open to moving into the new plaza, but he's looking to expand to about double the size. Oh, wow. To add party, party rooms and other amenities. So, Renee, I know you're an east sider. You don't get over to that side of town. But uh, uh, if, you have, if you have kids to entertain, I think uh, it, maybe you should take them over there because it's, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. It, 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 it's something you got to see at least once. Yeah, it's one of those things I've always said, oh, we should go check that out. And we've never done it. And, you know, my, my uh, stepdaughter is eight. So that would be right up her wheelhouse. Right yeah, her wheelhouse. I mean, they... Yeah, they got they got like these weird little animated dioramas for 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 the adults, and then they've got like a bunch of like Major Magic's Chuck E. Cheese type of stuff for the kids. So, oh, cool! So she'll love it. Get uh, your assignment will be there to get there by the end of the year. I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> All right. So the James Crumbly trial is uh, coming up early next uh, next month. I believe March fourth or fifth. Fifth. And yeah. uh, t today there's a th there's a hearing. Yeah, a hearing is scheduled for him in Oakland County Circuit Court concerning the witness list for the upcoming involuntary manslaughter trial. Prosecutors want to have three students testify who were in Oxford High School at the time of the mass shooting and that took the lives of four students and wounded six other people. Now, defense attorneys are objecting, saying that the testimony would only inflame the emotions of the jury and would not be irrelevant since the charges against the dad involve only what he did or did not do before the the shooting, which is a big part of what we learned with Jennifer Crumbly. So uh, I don't know which way this is going to go yet, but that is scheduled for this morning. Yeah, and it seems like at least what we saw in the Jennifer Crumbly trial that James Crumbly may get a little bit more of a favorable result. Hopefully not. I think they're both guilty of it, but we've talked about it Um you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be even tougher for him to get an impartial jury because, number one, it's been such a big news story. And number two, we, we've seen uh, the trial already play out in the right. news. Right. At first, when I heard about this, I was like thinking to myself, would I want to be the first or the second person to go on trial? And, uh, you know, after it, like you said, it's going to be very difficult to to process all of this with him, you know, in a fair and balanced way. Uh, after we've all been through watching it intently with uh, mm -hmm. with Jennifer Crumbly. So I, I guess I would rather have gone first. I guess, I think I would want to go first, maybe if I didn't have Jennifer Crumbly's attorney. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, it, I, I don't know if that played into the decision to um, for them to be tried separately, but um, yeah, we uh, number one uh, during the trial, Jennifer Crumbly was was painted as sort of aloof, and there was a lot made about how James Crumbly was a little more emotional. He he reacted uh, a more little like bit a more like a parent, yeah, uh, like a normal person would, and and also. Um, you know, the jury foreman in, in the Crum, uh, Jennifer Crumley trial saying that the reason they found her guilty, one of the big uh, reasons is that she was the last adult with a gun, with with the gun. So we'll see. Um, I don't know if, uh, you, you know, stuff like that carries over from trial to trial, but uh, we'll find out at the beginning of next month. Um, former President Donald Trump appealed the D.C. Circuit Court ruling that he did not have immunity from all crimes that he may or may not have committed in office. They came down last week as part of Special Counsel Jack Smith's case against him for the federal election interference on January 6th to the U.S. Supreme Court. Jack Smith was given one week by the Supreme Court to appeal Trump's uh, to respond to Trump's appeal. I'm sorry. And the Senate passed a $95.3 billion foreign aid bill for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan early yesterday morning after an all-night session that started Monday night. Uh, the bill calls for billions of dollars to support Ukraine and uh, in their war against Russia, assistance for Israel and humanitarian aid for Gaza. Senate obviously passed a similar bill last week, which was also attached to funding at the southern border, went down in the House. So Senator Chuck Schumer stripped out the border funding and reintroduced the foreign aid as a standalone bill. It probably still will not pass the House. And last night, the House of Reps impeached Department of Homeland Security Director Alejandro Mayorkas, 214 to 213, on charges of willfully and systematically refusing to enforce existing immigration laws that and that he breached the public trust by lying about the border being secure in front of Congress. Uh, the impeachment is not expected to survive the Senate. As first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. And Guy Lloyd and Jamie join us as always here heading into JR Morning. And I have to say, I was a little surprised to see that, that James Craig was dropping out of the Senate race at this point. Um, and on top of that, he is suspending his Senate campaign to run for to possibly mull over a, a run for mayor of the city of does, Detroit. Does not surprise me at all. What did he call it? A business decision? Yeah, because he can't raise any money. Right. <laughs> just, Thank you, Lloyd. And, yeah. and, but just look at how disconnected the thinking is in that statement. He yeah. said it's a business decision. I have support. I just didn't have money. Money is support. support. That's a business right. model, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't live one without the other. The lack of money means you had a lack of support. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is a shame for, for his campaign because it's been a while since I saw any polling, but uh, maybe about a month ago. So maybe things changed. I don't remember if there's news or the free press. They put out a poll of everyone running for that open Senate seat, and it was mostly a logjam. But James Craig was doing yeah. Pretty well in that polling because of name recognition. But, yeah, I guess uh, I, I guess if you don't have the funds to keep that going, uh, that that polling will probably evaporate pretty quickly. He has failed to put together the network of supporters that every candidate must have. You got to kind of have your kitchen cabinet of people willing to sign checks for you. Mm -hmm. He has never converted this popularity in the media or the name recognition that he has. And that's really what that poll was about was name recognition. Um, into a viable candidacy. I mean, he's 
he's kind of crapped out now twice. Yeah, and, exactly. And I, I, that, and plus, what, does his MAGA brand sell well in Detroit? It for, does not. For a mayoral election? No, <laughs> it, it, it does not. And, you know, when he was running for governor and, and the Senate, you didn't really see him a lot uh, down in the city of Detroit, you know, talking to the people of Detroit. The last time when he was running for governor and he was here in Detroit, he got ran off of Belle Isle. Right. They ran I him mean, off, which, off to Ireland. So. Like, which was embarrassing. Yes. Right. Which, which was extra Were tiki torches involved? <laughs> Did they snuff <laughs> no. out his torch? Oh, man. <laughs> but, well. Lloyd, you're right. I mean, that was one of the all-time lows of, of any campaign, especially the fact that he he used to be the chief of police. Which doesn't take away chief. from his from a good job he did as chief of police. Right. right. Well, and you bring that up, and I, and I feel like if James Craig would have run as James Craig chief of police and not James Craig Republican candidate— I, you know, uh, signature signature scandal aside, um, I, I think things would have gone much better for him. But it, it's it's like he went away for a couple weeks and then he emerged, you know, this this focus group candidate who seemed like he was reciting a book report more so than actually talking about his actual viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Part so. of being a candidate also is being, uh, you know, personable when you're at the mic talking to large crowds right. and stuff. And I think he didn't have that it, whatever it is. No. Yep. Well, right. he, something was lacking because, again, you didn't have the, the moneyed supporters coming back saying, you know what, James, we think you're great. We're, we'll, we'll help you carry the banner. Here's the check to get you started. Right. He, he just, right. you know, it's it, the other thing a good candidate does is build a good campaign, manage a good campaign. And. He that hasn't shown happen. a capacity for that. Yeah, that didn't well, happen. Well, also, no one wants career politicians. People just want these people plucked out of different businessmen or whatever. But career politicians know how to run campaigns. Mm-hmm. And they've done it for a long time. They know how to raise money. Yes. Right. I mean, it's kind of like how everyone says they don't want a Trump versus Biden rematch. But, but we're going to get it because... Uh, you know, the system is set up for yeah. for for people with the most money to become the most viable candidates. Correct. Not necessarily the, the one. Yeah. Of the 73 percent of Democrats that say that Biden is too old to run. And we saw that come out in, in this most recent poll. Are, are any of them pulling the lever for Dean Phillips beginning Saturday? Right. You know, I mean, there is another alternative there mm-hmm. that could send the message to President Biden and to the Democrat Party. We want an alternative. I don't know why that's not why that isn't happening. Yeah. Um. John Stewart was funny on Monday night talking about how nobody wants this race. And if you want to giggle, go look that up. Yeah, I loved his line in this. This campaign is going to be called Indecision 2024 Antiques Roadshow. (laughs) (laughs) That was absolutely brilliant. And he did a close up of his face. He's like, look how different I look in 20 years. And he goes, and I'm 20 years younger than these guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, if you forgot, today is Valentine's Day. I'm helping you out with that. And Renee came across a, a list of, of top 15 rom-coms. Obviously, we're not going to go through all of them, but let's go around the room real quick. Give mm. us a, 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 one of your favorite rom-coms, and, and we'll let you know if it's on the list. God, you put me on the spot. I'm going, I know. I we'll have come a lot. Back to you How to Lose yeah. a Guy in 10 Days. Uh, believe it or not, it is not on there. What? This list is terrible. It was, yeah, it was by decider.com. I would go with, uh, when Harry met Sally and I'm going to go way old school with a, with an old screwball comedy from the thirties called bringing up baby with Cary Grant and, and Catherine Ooh. Hepburn. So yeah. you have a win and a loss here, bringing up baby, <laughs> not on that list at all. But when Harry met Sally, number one, 
Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now Mike? See, I, now, I'll see y'all say something, and then okay. I'll be like, Lloyd, what are you talking about? What but, do you have? Go ahead, I like Lloyd. Urban Cowboy. Not on the list. <laughs> but is it a rom-com? Well, it's not. Re- yeah, I guess it's not really a comedy. You may have one some of the best funny soundtracks of any. I mean, the soundtrack album was oh, awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And maybe that's why I like it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. I'm a music person. I like the music I, in it. You know? I'm not trying to be Mitch, Mr. Macho Guy. I can't really think of it. Is Napoleon Dynamite on that list? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. No, the top five, when that. Harry met Sally, the big sick, the Princess Bride, Pretty Woman, of course. Pretty and, Woman. Oh, yeah. Princess yeah, yeah, Bride is amazing. Yeah, and that. Say Anything. Okay. Uh, my name okay. is Anigo Montoya. You killed my father. <laughs> yeah. Prepare for JR morning. (laughs) All right, so last night, the House of Representatives on their second try impeached Department of Homeland Security Director Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, This, as George Santos's seat, was filled by a Democrat in a special election in New York. So that might have actually changed things and and left them with a 214-214 tie. Um, He was impeached on charges of willfully and systematically refusing to enforce existing immigration laws and that he breached the public trust by lying about the border being secure in front of Congress. That impeachment is not expected to survive in the Senate. And yesterday in the Senate, they passed a $94.3 billion foreign aid bill to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan after an all-night session that started Monday night. Bill calls for billions of dollars to support Ukraine in their war against Russia, assistance for Israel, and humanitarian aid for Gaza. Uh, This is supposed to go down in the House you may have a hard time uh, getting a ride on Uber or Lyft or ordering food on DoorDash today because um, the gig workers, there is a groundswell amongst the gig workers calling for a boycott of these apps protesting unfair pay. Um, there's a list of 10 cities that uh, they're also calling for picketing at the airport. Detroit is not on that list. Uh, and Renee, there's some big trouble for a, National Fraternity out in Ann Arbor. Yeah, the Alpha Epsilon Pi Fraternity's national headquarters has ceased all activities for a U of M chapter after a video showing hazing circulated online. The fraternity is not affiliated uh, with an affiliated chapter recognized within the university's Interfraternity Council, but officials still notified the National Headquarters and the Ann Arbor Police Department. The fraternity founded under Jewish principles does not condone hazing in any way, shape or form. And the national office is supporting an investigation. Yeah. And this whole hazing thing is sociopathic. I mean, you get abused so that you're deemed worthy to join this club. And then two, three years later, you turn around and you do it to other people. Just this weird cycle. It sounds quite toxic. (laughs) Yeah, I never understood um, subjecting yourself to torture to be part of a group. To be accepted. Right, exactly. Right. Um, Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum says that they're not going to close. They're going to move after the Farmington Hills City Council voted to knock down the shopping plaza that it's in uh, to make way for a new shopping plaza with the Meyer Building. Uh, They have been at that location at 14 in Orchard Lake for the past 24 years. Um, Jeremy Yagoda, son of Marvin, he runs it now. He said that he'd be open to moving into the new plaza, uh, but he's also looking to expand it to about double the size to add party rooms and uh, other amenities. And um, that is going to um, happen in January. So if you want to go visit them at the old location, you have a little bit of time, but not much. 
And Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he was released from the hospital yesterday after undergoing a procedure to correct a bladder issue doctors say was unrelated to the prostate cancer surgery complications that hospitalized him in late December and early January. This time, he notified the proper authorities and transferred uh, authority to his deputy. He's going to start working from home until he builds up his strength, and he's going to um, go back to in-person work, the office at the Pentagon, so to speak. Renee? So today is Valentine's Day, and while many of us take the day to celebrate love, it can also be a reminder of bad breakups and heartache. To alleviate some of that latter, an animal rescue in Muskegon has a great promotion that goes after my petty betty heart. For a $25 donation, the Heaven Can Wait Animal Haven will name a feral cat that needs neutering after your ex. This is a real thing. To tell us more about this brilliant idea is Michelle Yasnick with the rescue. Michelle, good morning and happy Valentine's Day. Good morning to you both and all your listeners. So, Michelle, I guess we'll start there. If one wanted to neuter their ex... Figuratively. With, with Heaven Kuwait Animal Haven, uh, how would they go about doing so? Well, they can they can locate us on Facebook um, and go to our main page, and we have tagged to the top, New to Your Ex for Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, there's a $25 donation, um, and then we will add your name and your exes to a list. And as we uh, TNR um feral cat we will name the cat after you and then say or after the x and then say who it's sponsored by and then we'll post them on our facebook page so that you can share it to uh to your ex's feed and, and tnr that stands for what trap neuter release yeah and yeah, t- trap neuter return chat trap neuter release either or so how long have you guys been doing this well one of our volunteers saw this promotion, and we borrowed it from a group out of Maryland. And we thought that this would be something that would be fit right up our alley. <laughs> and so we ran with it. Uh, we started on the 2nd of February, and we'll have um, this running until Saturday. Um, and it's been – we didn't expect it to do as well as it has. Well, that's we a great problem. So far, yeah, so far – we have 120 kitties that will be um, clipped, snipped, and tipped, and then released. Well, happy Valentine's Day to everyone else. So, Michelle, talk, talk to us a little bit about the importance of, of you know, trap, neuter, and return, and, and you know, what kind of ill effects um, it might have on, on the pet population um, if you're not able to, to, to fund this important service. Well, what it does is it helps stabilize a feral colony, um, you know, by ending the reproductive cycle. And it also helps um, helps with elimination of disease. Um, and, you know, let's face it, you have a male kitty out there in your area and he's trying to look for a new, uh, a new female. I mean, he does tend to mark his area and that can be rather strong smelling um, marking. And it also will help decrease the fighting and noises, you know, the noisy behavior that two kitties have and um, <laughs> looking out trying to find another date. That, that's uh, the worst in the middle of the night. 
Right. You wake up all disoriented. Who's there? All right. That sound can happen all day long. Um, Anyway, our kitties, you know, when we um, we've got really in our area, five dedicated trappers Um, and Mel Cassidy, Kathy Bracey, Rhonda Crink, Casey Scheller and Jody Ferguson. Those gals do a marvelous job. Last year, we TNR'd close to 600 kitties. Wow. That's unbelievable. You know, and then we couldn't do it without our three area low cost um, um, vets that assist us, which is Quick Fix Vet and Alto, Sea Snip at the Lakeshore in Fruitport, and then Big Lake Animal um, Hospital in Muskegon. Um, we couldn't do it without the, those doctors' support. Michelle, do you ever get stories behind the names that are submitted? <laughs> Any tea? Oh, yeah. oh, we've had we've had um, one ex do their ex, and then that get two days later we get the other ex doing this back <laughs> that one. The, the funniest TNR- is we had some. The funniest is we had someone submit four names. Oh, wow. <laughs> And you're like, we're not here to ask questions. We're just here to raise funds for this program. Exactly. Exactly. So then once someone does make a donation, we'll add you to the list. Um, And then as the kitties go get fixed, our trappers take a picture. Um, We then upload that with the name of the cat that's been um, uh, tipped and snipped along with who it was sponsored by. And then we're posting that on our Facebook page also. Do you find it harder to raise funds for something like a, a, a trap, neuter, release program more so than than, than other, um, you know, causes within the animal welfare realm? Well, this is really our first time we've really gone after funding for just straight TNR. All these funds will be used to cover the cost. I mean, the kitties are, you know, they are neutered. They do receive a rabies shot. And then um, if the vet has um, applied for a grant from Petco Love, then that kitty will get a distemper shot for free as well. Oh, nice. Well, it's... So, it... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, no, no. It's it's We're trying to help maintain a healthy community cat population wherever that colony is. Yeah, and what you're doing is great work, and and we love the way you you took something like this and 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 had a lot of fun with it, and, and it's kind of gone a little bit viral, and we're so glad that it's successful. Bob Barker would be proud. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's smiling right yeah. now. He said, "That's a woman. That's a woman who was listening at the end of every Price That's is Right." right. <laughs> Michelle, yes. You know go ahead. If anyone is interested in in wanting to volunteer and help us. Um, we, we're, if someone's interested in wanting to maybe help build some shelters or maybe sew some trap covers, because you want, you know, the kitties are scared once they're in the trap. And so you like to cover them and keep them in a calm, um, try to keep them calm while they're in the trap or help transporting or possibly even feeding a colony and maybe once a, once a week or something like that. Feel free to reach out to us. Right. Just because you can't neuter your ex doesn't mean you still can't help right. after Saturday. Exactly. Uh, and exactly. Best place, best place uh, Heaven Can Wait Animal Haven on Facebook? Yeah, it's, yes, Heaven Can Wait Animal Haven on Facebook or even on our website, which is heavencanwaitmi.org, and you'll find all information about it for us. Michelle Yasnick from Heaven Can Wait Animal Haven. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for talking to us. 
Oh, you're welcome. And you know what? Let's keep snipping and tipping more of these uh, kitties. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work. It's first thing. Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. A number of new gun laws went into effect yesterday. Bill Cusick, owner of Action Impact Gun Range and Firearms, goes on All Talk to discuss what we need to know about those changes. As Michigan braces for the implementation of three pivotal firearm regulations signed into law by Governor Whitmer last year, the landscape of gun ownership and safety undergoes a transformative shift. Effective today, firearm owners must adhere to stringent guidelines dictating the secure storage of unattended weapons, particularly in the presence of children. Additionally, these laws herald expanded universal background checks on all firearm purchases, and they grant judges the authority to order law enforcement intervention in cases of perceived risk to individuals of public safety. Now, joining us on the JR Morning Live line to explore the implications of these uh, measures and on the community and responsible gun ownership is Bill Cusick. He is a retired Oakland County Sheriff's Deputy and owner of Action Impact Gun Range and Firearms. Bill, good morning. Good morning, Lord. How are you doing? We are great. Um, also, uh, these laws that are going into effect, are they going to keep us and our kids safer? No, and, uh, and unfortunately, they won't. I mean, I, I'm the first guy to stand in line and wish that they would, uh, but I don't think they're going to. I don't think there's going to be practical application. I think, if anything, they're going to make everything a whole lot harder. You know, we've struggled this. We've struggled with implementing this for the last three days. There's very little guidance. There's no resources for us as dealers. And when I say us, I mean, I'm talking, I talked to six dealers yesterday, and there's six different understandings of what we're supposed to do and not do. We've reached out to governmental agencies, and we're roadblocked. And I was absolutely amazed. I was stunned uh, Friday and yesterday as to how little guidance there is for us as dealers. Bill, we should talk on, in addition to being a retailer, you're also an attorney, yep. former SWAT team guy. Um, just give me a, an idea that as a parent, if I have a gun in the home, what responsibilities do I have now or perhaps exposure that I didn't have uh, before this law took effect? So in terms of the safe storage law, what kind of storage uh, protocols am I supposed to be making? Okay. Well, you're supposed to, if anytime your firearm is unattended, it has to then be secured and locked in an inoperable state. So you're not going to have your firearm on you or anticipate using it. You're going to have to have it locked up when you have children in the house. There's a guy, when I read this law, it's like, I, I feel like I never became an attorney because I'm having a hard time deciphering it. So there's exceptions if, if someone under the age of 18 defend themselves. So then you have to ask yourself this question. Well, how would they defend themselves with a firearm if they didn't have access to it? So there's a great deal of confusion. So your obligation now is you didn't have there, – there wasn't a law that told you yesterday to lock up your gun. There is now. So it, it's actually all going to be retroactive. It's going to be something that is enforced after a horrible incident. That's all it's going to be. But it do. would have given prosecutors something to hang their hat on beyond gross negligence in the Crumbly case, wouldn't they? 100%. Yes, absolutely. So then let's call it what it is. Let's not say it's necessarily going to change lives. Let's say it's going to penalize parents, and it should. I have no issue with any of that. Um, 
but my interest is getting this message through. So we're required to post so much from these new laws. You have to post them on your exits and your points of sale. I also have requirements to post, right? And those don't go away. So now I'm going to have five or six documents that are posted throughout the store. Over the last 17 years, I've watched anybody read them. And I'm going to tell you that they don't. Yeah. So, and then what we're supposed to hand out, we had to search it down. We had, I had to put a ton of man hours into finding what we're supposed to do. And I'm stunned. And I don't think I didn't reach out to the governor's office. I've reached out to the attorney general's office. I've reached out to the state police, Department of Health and Human Services, the local departments. We've done all that. And, you know, at 10 o'clock this morning, I'm hoping I got it right. Yeah. Sir, do you think it is the um, sort of lack of transparency on how to move forward that is the problem? At its core, locking guns up when minors are in the house seems good to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's common sense. And I think if you have to tell people to do that, then I feel, I don't think you have a listening audience. I've always said that. If you have to tell people, hey, you've got a dangerous gun here, and you've got children in the house, you should lock it up. Really, who are you talking to? Who doesn't know that? What adult doesn't know that? Well, there are a ton of cases in Detroit that Lloyd and I yeah. talk about in the Whips Guide, too. And so I think there are people out there that don't do it. Perhaps this could be a deterrent. I agree they don't do it. Well, okay, so let's let's talk about this and let's be honest about it, I suppose. And let me reiterate, first guy in line that wants this gun safety, I do it on a daily basis, not just once a year for a political campaign. I do it every day. Sure. Those people aren't listening to your program. Those people aren't reading the Detroit News and Detroit Free Press. They're not researching websites and information online. They're not reading postings in their store. They're not reading the handouts we give them. They're not listening to us when we try to get it through to them. I gave free gun safety classes for over a year. And I think in that year, I think I had five parents come in. Good Lord. Now, you need to think about that. That's out of 52 weeks. Wow. Now, and then we look at these background checks. Here's what's ironic about this whole thing. The background checks we did yesterday are the best background checks that can be done. They're conducted through the FBI. They are superior to the ones that the state does. That's not a knock on the state. The federal government has access to more information. So if you don't have one starting today, you need two background checks. You have to go to your police department, get a permit with a background check. And we still have, when you come to buy a gun from us, we still have to do our background check. And the one we're doing is going to be better than the one you already have. Bill, let me. Uh, we got less than a minute, but I, I got to ask you about the red flag laws and how do you think sure. those are going to work as far as, you know, people who are maybe hurting themselves and, and uh, have weapons available to them? Okay, so I kind of put a realistic touch on that. A, I don't think they're going to be used that much, so I'm not too worked up about them. And I advise police officers on what they can and can't do. Right? I have clients like that. But at the same time, let's, Lord, just real quick, let's think about this. If at 7 o'clock at night you're in contact with an individual who indicates they want to hurt themselves or others, what are you going to do? You're not waiting until the next morning to go file this petition. You're going to call your police department, hopefully, 
And they're going to have to take the action, the same action they had for the last 50 years. I, that would be my guess. And then the next morning, everything settled down between you and this other person. The police are going to be left with this information. What do we do with it? So do you let that that volatile situation exist all night long, or do you somehow file your, your petition? So I, I, I just don't see where it's going to impact because uh, Chicago, I think, used it four times in over a year.